One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Hey, it's me, your barista. So you know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Yeah, well, I might be putting myself out of a job by telling you this, but now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. With three new foaming flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, who could blame you if you stopped coming in altogether? Yeah, it's that foaming delicious. You're welcome. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, now in stores. It's foaming delicious. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Boy, hot enough for you today, Connor. Oh, my goodness. This is Sunday, September 6th. It was 113 degrees uh, near Pasadena, California. 122 set a new record uh, for California. 122 degrees in Woodland Hills. Wait a minute. What about Death Valley? I I think they ignore places like Death Valley because they would win the record every single time. It's possible. It's possible that I misunderstood and it's a valley record or something like that. Could be. Yeah. Woodland Hills having grown up in... 122! Yeah. I grew up in Canoga Park and I, I remember as a kid always hearing doggone it we were second best Woodland Hills always edged us out by a a couple of degrees bummer yeah very very hot out there so hopefully everybody's staying safe on multiple levels so we're going to talk about Joe Biden uh, whether or not he um, should just uh, blow off the debates Uh, we're we're also going to talk he's uh, busy that day we're also going to talk about Michael Cohen's book coming out um, and uh, he's uh, he's going to Say some shocking things about Donald Trump, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to keep going with our Moron of the Week project. Uh, This week's Moron, we'll talk about this uh, person at the end of the show, just to give you a little hint. It has to do with um, drones and LAX. Uh, This person qualifies as the Moron of the Week. So I'm going to go out on a limb, uh, Connor, and I'm just going to uh, say right now, there will be no debates uh, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I'm, I'm absolutely really? predicting today. You're absolutely. putting your money on it. I really am. You'll notice there isn't any actual money. No actual <laughs> money was harmed in the making of this bet. But uh, yeah, I, I, there are three of them scheduled. I uh-huh. think one late September, a couple in October, plus the vice presidential Late date. September? That's this month? How, yeah. how much could change between now and the end of September? I'll tell you what's going to change. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden is just going to say, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. And I know we've talked about this a little bit in in previous episodes, but I just got to think that there are too many – the risk is too great that Biden is going to have a senior moment that will actually frighten people. I have heard probably 10 to 12 clips played on right-wing talk radio, Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you – if even half of them are are true and not the result of, of somebody's creative editing, and I and I assume that they're all basically true, because there'd be a, a whole lot of consequences if you just totally made this stuff. Are up. there any consequences in the post truth era? Oh yeah, but okay, yeah, a couple of them here and there. Uh, I'm telling you, if even half of them are true, if he came up with one or two of them in a debate, people would be scared to death. So I think the smart thing to do 
is for him to run an ad, and the ad is going to say, I know you folks are expecting debates. Well, guess what? We're not going to have them for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'd like to play you a little 30-second montage of Donald Trump's behavior in prior debates. And let the cameras roll. Sure. And people are going to be stunned, of course, at personal attacks, you know, mimicking people, little nicknames, talking about the size of uh, male members of some of his uh, competitors. And he's going to say, you know, if you really need that kind of stuff— Go ahead and vote for the Donald, but I don't think you do. I'm going to let you know where I'm coming from in this campaign. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is to say, no matter how we try, there's going to be a lot of social distancing, but when you have three national presidential debates from three different locations around the country, of course it isn't a packed house, but people are going to be involved in close quarters putting this on, and lives are in the balance, and I don't think it's worth it for this. Mm. Let's just get it on and have a regular uh, bare-knuckle campaign, but the debates are a waste of time. He will get some crap mm-hmm. of people, uh, Donald, oh, saying, yeah. cluck, 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 you're oh, a chicken. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, how many people who are really making up their minds in the middle are, are going to uh, re- respond to that? I, I think the danger is too great because I think at this point the only way Trump can win is a really serious senior moment out of Biden at a debate. And if he has three debates— what do you, I mean, the odds are pretty decent that he's going to say something really scary. I don't know. I, I find that uh, the downside of looking like you're not a fighter is a really big one. I feel like uh, a lot of uh, people want uh, Biden to— What if he to, rips his mask off while well, he says all this? Ooh, that's good. I, I want Biden to stand up to Trump. I want somebody who will uh, will you know stand up for the left. I want somebody who will stand up for truth and justice in the American way, et cetera. And Superman's busy right now, so it's got to be Biden. He's the guy. He's mm-hmm. our guy. And I think excitement is important. I think people feeling like they're a part of a movement is important. And having your candidate turn tail would be uh, uh, too great a blow. So I I think that uh, I think Biden will do fine in the debates. And I think he'll just, you know, have a cup of coffee beforehand, uh, like any of us would. (laughs) uh, And I'm sure he will do just fine. He did very well at the Democratic National uh, Committee's nominating speech. They could have pre-taped that one and sort of done some movie magic, but they didn't. Would it look bad if he had an intravenous drip of of coffee on the set? (laughs) Hey, I want an intravenous drip of coffee. Maybe catheterize him. I say I'm 30 years old. I'm very close to 31. But I'm darn it, I'm still 30. Still are. You know, one of the reasons, Connor, I was thinking maybe Biden would go this route is because uh, about five days ago, the Biden team came out and said, you know what, we've got a condition for these debates. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that? Not a condition, what they wanted, but yes. Right. They wanted a live fact checker on the bottom of the screen, a crawl pointing out lies Lies. by, oh, I don't know, whoever might happen to have told the lie during the course of the debate. So Biden, of course, not going to say anything specific enough to be a technically called a lie, as is every politician's debate performance and speech, is Mm -hmm. that they just say generic platitudes about, well, we're going to do the right thing and we want our programs to help people, blah, blah, blah. Trump's the only one out there saying facts. They're all wrong facts, but he's saying the facts. So I'm just thinking maybe the fact that Biden is floating that and who knows, maybe they'll stick with it. Uh, we've got to have some sort of a neutral source. Good luck. That's true. That source. would be one way. And if Trump refuses, then Biden can use that as an excuse. He's afraid of the truth. He's afraid of a live fact checker at the bottom of the screen. So uh, we'll see. It's it's. Uh, I don't know if I'm right, but that's my uh, that is my big money's riding on it prediction. Right. 
So uh, news out of Northeastern University, Connor. Yeah. Um, I was reading about this. And I, you know the details on this. I, I knew that some kids got into trouble yeah. at Northeastern. So this is the weekly COVID report. Did it, did it, did it. How are we doing? Badly. We're doing very badly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so schools are open in many places around the country. College students are coming back, uh, and they're doing in, uh, sometimes in-person classes, and they're sometimes doing you know very few in-person classes or outdoors when possible and uh, mostly online learning. I mean, it's not like you spend that many hours in uh, in a classroom in college anyway, and unlike, you know, third graders who spend the whole time inside or coughing in, in each other's mouths. Right. College, we think, is a possible thing that might actually be able to happen, right? Really? Come on, people. Have you been to a college campus ever? Have you seen <laughs> a college party? They are not social distancing. They are drinking out of each other's beer pong cups. But whatever. Okay, the, these kids are going to do what these kids do. That's what happened in New- Northeastern. They get invited back to campus. I'm sure they were very thoroughly briefed on the COVID uh, you know, regulations and how they're supposed to act. COVID uh, is, of course, a, a major crisis issue when you're living in dorms, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh but a lot of college campuses are trying to do contact tracing, right? They're trying to say, okay, we've got a case here. Somebody comes up positive. Who did you talk to? How close did you get to that person? How many you know, steps removed do you have to do to chase down everybody else that might be exposed? And then people who are exposed, they get advised to take extreme steps like quarantining for multiple weeks. This is how multiple countries have successfully contained the virus. So, for example— Vietnam did an incredibly good uh, job with this, and they had like 60 deaths total for five and a half months. Wow. Of course, then they relaxed things. They tried to open their economy back up because they were worried about, you know, keeping the economy closed forever. And they had a, a resurgence that they're dealing with now. But for four and a half, five and a half months, they were doing a really good job. So this is the situation we're in. Northeastern dismisses 11 students after like a week of classes mm-hmm. for breaking coronavirus uh, virus uh, uh, regulation guidelines. And okay, so tell that's me about bad the enough. tuition angle. Yeah, that is the real tough. That's tough, right? To to invite kids back to a campus and then when they act exactly like you know they're going to act, you kick them out of school and keep thirty six thousand five hundred dollars each in tuition from now, these eleven this, kids. I cannot imagine that this is going to stand. You know, no. the parents are going to sue or freak demand. out. Yeah, absolutely, and it seems wrong. I mean, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I'm not saying it's equivalent, but if you t- say to the kids, you know, you have to use number two pencils here in your geology <laughs> test, and they don't, and they keep their thirty six thousand five hundred dollars. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'd need to know a little more precisely what how they did. They violated the social but in the first week or so i mean give me a break can you imagine the bad pr that northeastern is gonna get by withholding the thirty six thousand five hundred? i mean are that that desperate for money that they would be willing to tick off maybe the whole country i mean it's it's wild and 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 to circle back to the contact tracing situation schools all over the country are doing similar things i don't know about holding the tuition but they're all over the country are doing similar things they're threatening kids with dismissal, suspension, expulsion, 
and trying to contract trace at the same time. Now, think about how exactly that's going to go when an administrator or a health uh, official or whoever says, Hi, uh, my name's Joe, uh, administrator dean person, and I'm here to do contact tracing. The dean doesn't do contact tracing, but let's <laughs> pretend. Uh, pretend they're one person because they effectively are when the enforcement arm is the same that's the uh, information collection arm. And they say, uh, so I want to know who you've been in contact with because you turned up positive for COVID. Uh, and that way I can suspend or expel oh, yeah, and they're withhold get the dancers. tuition yeah. from you and all of your friends. So please snitch on yourself and everyone you know so that we can take tens of thousands of dollars from each of you uh, and send you home packing from college. Hope you get your degree somewhere else sometime. Oh my God, this is totally counterproductive if you actually care about contract tracing. So bottom line, Connor, this seems like a bad idea, but fortunately there's good news. We have an incredible level of influence at Northeastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your beloved baby sister, Faye, yeah. is a graduate. Right. I think we should just have her pick up the phone. Yep. Call the dean. Start screaming. And talk sense. Talk, I mean, talk sense. No, d- don't scream. Talk sense. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. When we come back, Donald Trump had a boat parade, and Connor has all the details I'm excited about to tell you about it. it. But before we go, I got to say, uh, if you like the podcast, please do us a favor. Go on your podcast app, whichever one you use, Apple Podcasts, or Podcast Addict, or Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever, and leave us a review. Leave us a little written review, blah, 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 Connor's great, dad's great, etc. I guess his name is Royal. You could put Royal in or dad, whatever. Either way. I, I'll allow you to call him dad, too. We can all be you know, in on that uh, Trump vote We are a family. Together. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'd really appreciate it, and it helps us out a lot. Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We're back with Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. I'm Connor Oaks. So Donald Trump's boat parade. Boy, I, I kind of was out of the news. So they had, working too hard this week. I, <laughs> tell me about this. Uh, they had a very successful Donald Trump boat parade, uh, wherein they put a bunch of, uh, you know, MAGA flags, I guess, okay. on their boats. And they uh, it, it Sounds like fun. Around. And, yeah. And... Uh, that was down in Florida. And so some other uh, MAGA well, folks. Florida's an important state. Yeah, it's true. And some other MAGA folks said, hey, that went really well. And it really showed off the, the Trump solidarity and that we exist still. There are some people that still like him. Um, so they decided on a sequel. Uh, we'll have a, a boat parade this time on a, uh, a lake. Uh, they got way too many people uh, together on their boats, Oops. piled into a lake, probably uh, drunk and not wearing uh, uh, their, according to the video, which I saw, which was pretty hilarious, uh, not driving very well and not wearing life jackets and flying their MAGA flags. And they all you know, compounded and multiplied each other's wakes. And basically, 
I don't even know how many. The, the local 911 said they were inundated with distress calls uh, for people needing to be saved from swamped and submerged MAGA boats. Right. I think this is not just uh, – this is not just uh, you know, a slightly inclement weather, uh, you know, a little bit of a wind picking up and swamping some boats. This is a message uh, that even ancient out of fashion deities specifically uh poseidon god of the sea <laughs> are angry with trump this is that him re- reaching up with his trident and poking holes i'm a neptune guy in myself, the bottom but... oh i should have said neptune that would have been yeah absolutely <laughs> this it was pretty amazing i in the, the immediate reaction on twitter was hilarious there's a big conservative guy whose name i won't give any air, oxygen to uh who's a, a dumb dumb and he uh, tweeted a tweet that went viral for all the wrong reasons where he said the odds of uh, this many malfunctions on Trump supporting boats at the same time are microscopic. We are dealing with terrorism. And everyone responded, you're so dumb. <laughs> boats swamping each other happens a lot. When you put too many boats in a place, it's very likely to happen. That's what happened. No one thinks there were Antifa Frogmen, you know, drilling all holes through the bottom. I think of the this holes. is an example of the old principle, Connor. Any publicity is good publicity. That's true. We're talking. We're about talking Donald about Trump. Him. Fortunately, I didn't mention his name, or else you, that would be a complete truism. But yes, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, let's get into some uh, legal inside baseball, Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Our speciality. Uh, yeah. So one of the big rules when you try a jury uh, case, yeah. uh, is the uh, the lawyer or or even the parties don't. Talk to the jurors. No yes. Chit chat. No idle. You know, isn't it hot today? Right. It's absolutely an inviolable rule. In so, fact, during jury selection, lawyers very often address this because they feel it's so important that they point out that this is a hard and fast rule. So they say things to the jurors like, "Look, you might see me by accident in the elevator, and if you say, oh, hello, how are you today?'" I'm not going to respond. I might smile nodly, uh, smile politely or nod, but I can't small chat, uh, chit chat with you. I cannot do it. It's against the rules. Please don't hate me. I'm not stonewalling you here. It's just part of the process. Yeah, and it's a good rule yeah. because if if it weren't a, a zero tolerance type rule like that, what you'd have is people, you know, just saying you know, harmless little pleasantries, yeah. which of course would sway, helps to ingratiate yourself, yeah. and it's going to lead to you know a little bit more of a substantive yep. comment. Yep. So that's Camel's the rule. nose under the tent. So now we come to the the news event uh, up in because lawyers are scum. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Go on. So we come to Alameda <laughs> County Superior Court in downtown Oakland. Uh, Judge Brad Seligman uh, is uh, presiding over a trial, and it actually started out as a regular old fashioned trial where people actually show up in court. I, do, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. and uh, Oakland, They don't exist anymore. Oakland is one of the few courts actually in California where they're actually having real live jury trials. But what happened was that one of the jurors got ill and so uh, Judge Slugman said, you know what? We're going to convert it to Zoom and so we're going to shift. Some courts around the country are actually doing all Zoom all the time. Right. But it's it's pretty You got to do unusual. something with criminal trials. People are going to jail. Yeah, that, you got to get out. That's right. Sometimes the criminal defendants will stipulate and they'll say, you know, we have a right to insist on a speedy trial, but given COVID, we're going to we're put it off. Here, it's a civil case. Now, it involved actually a retired admiral who claimed, uh, he's the plaintiff, 
that he was exposed to mesothelioma, the, this horrible disease, kind of like asbestosis, and you see all the TV ads for the lawyers around the country. So he's got this suit in Alameda Well, County. if you've got cancer, maybe you can't wait for your jury to be safe. Well, maybe that was part of the timing issue. Anyway, it starts out regular, it goes to Zoom, and here's what happened next. If you've been in these Zoom situations, meetings or trials or whatever, you know that you know it's like the, the Brady Bunch or, or the old Hollywood Squares right. TV show. Everybody's got their own square. And so the tech people are, are really pretty good about setting up these, these pods or these breakout rooms where people, when they're together, they're together, but when they're supposed to be separate, they're, they are separate. Well, there was a screw-up. Uh-oh. And the tech people allowed the plaintiff, the retired admiral who wants a lot of money, to be in a breakout room with some jurors. And they're not supposed to be together. Oh, no. But there they are. And their mics aren't muted. And they, they start chatting harmlessly Naturally. about... The, the background, the virtual background, because, you know, when you're on Zoom, you can set up yeah, yeah, yeah. Mars in the background. Right. You can right. have the Empire State Building. Well, somebody had the Golden Gate Bridge, and people were just saying, oh, that's beautiful. you got the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was that level of harmlessness, right. but it was the inappropriate communication yeah. between the admiral and the jurors. Right. Well, the defense gets word of this improper breakout communication, and they file a motion for mistrial. Right, as judges, one might do. Judges hate to they file hate motions for mistrial. I had a jury Nobody trial. Nobody wants to start over. Yeah, years ago I had a jury trial, and in the middle of the jury selection process that went on for, for a couple of days because it involved, uh, it was a class action involving uh, AIDS patients and so on, somebody said something they shouldn't about AIDS, and I moved for a mistrial. Yeah. And the judge, I thought that his temple was going to explode. And he was so angry because he knew in his heart that after we hashed it out and argued, he was going to have to grant it. But it was a total waste of yeah. two or three days, all the court time. So judges hate to do it. Well, sure enough, in this case, the judge said, no, I'm going to talk to the jurors. He spoke to the jurors. Hey, you know, was there anything inappropriate here? Were you, were you, your mind changed? No, no, everything's fine. So he denied the motion for mistrial. They have taken it up to the California Court of Appeal. Wow. And so it's the first pending. Zoom trial case issue yeah. goes to the California yeah. Court of Appeal. And and to to show the defense, to show how serious they were about challenging this, they quoted Dale Carnegie. Oh, how, how to win friends and, friends and influence, and influence people. people. They quoted from the best-selling self-help book of all time in which they uh, talk in the book about how you can subtly create empathy with people. You can incurably bias jurors by showing interest in them, right. talking about things they're interested right. in. So uh, bottom line, is if you're ever sometimes when I'm incurably trying to bias people, I will accidentally pull up my shirt and reveal my rippling abs, <laughs> and that people just they're so won over that they can never look at me uh, in a non sexual way that ever. Would do again. it absolutely, yeah. that would do it. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about Michael Cohen's upcoming book. Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. You can live out your master chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Buckle up, folks. The Car Pro Show podcast is here to rescue you from the doldrums of everyday life. And you can find it on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast cravings take you. What do we have here, doctor? Looks like yet another case of the Car Pro Show podcast giddies. Do you concur? I concur. And it's spreading like wildfire. I know, but the podcast is so powerful. Jerry and Kevin dish out all the juicy car news from the Car Pro Friends universe. They review and chat about the latest car lineups from all the big players in the industry. And they take live calls to help 
help steer car buyers in the right direction. It's highly addictive and impossible to shake. Do we alert the press? Are you crazy? If more people discover the Car Pro Show podcast and its cornucopia of car curriculum, this thing will spiral out of control. <laughs> Listen to the Car Pro Show on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast desires take you. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. <laughs> We're back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm still Connor Oaks. So Michael Cohen's book is coming out. Um, I don't know, Connor, are people really going to trust him? Because after all, uh, he was accused of lying to Congress. I guess he was involved in that situation where he said, oh, yeah, we were negotiating with the Russians about that big building. Uh, it was right through uh, January of 2016. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. It was January. Right. Turns out it was June. Yeah. And who cares, you know, five or six months, except he knew it would be worse for Trump if it, they had talked about it right into June, right. you know, well into the campaign. Right. So he lied. Yeah. And he gets into all sorts of trouble. Yep. And so now, uh, I guess he, he was released, and then they said, well, one of the conditions is you, you can't you know, talk about your book and so on. You can't interact with media. That's a condition of probation. And his head exploded because he said, you know, you're violating my First Amendment That's rights. That's my meal ticket. That may be I mean, some, First Amendment rights. Yeah, that may be some kind of wacky probation rule, but you're, clearly you're trying to punish me. Right. So I think he was tossed back into the Huskow. Uh, his book is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently you were telling me that I guess there's a journalist, Alex Perrine. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's great stuff. So 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 Alex is basically delivers the punchline in this case. But uh, Michael Cohen comes out with the revelation, which is really just meant to hype his book, naturally. And I hate to give this guy oxygen because he's such, you know, a jerk. But at least he's a jerk who's renounced Trump. And that's something. Um, but he comes out and says, in my new book, I'll tell you all about— You're going to push Omarosa's book, too? Ooh, yeah, good Medical, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love it. Um, so he says, I'm going to tell you all about uh, how Donald Trump hired an Obama impersonator to <laughs> sit there in Trump's office— so that Trump could belittle him and then— And this is when? In 2012. Back in 2012. Yeah, before the Republican National Convention yeah, in When Romney was running right, against yeah. Obama. So Obama, uh, they, they get this Fobama uh, uh, impersonator <laughs> guy Fobama. in there, and they, they sit him down, and, and uh, Cohen says Trump belittles him on camera, makes fun of him, and lampoons him, and then ritualistically, like, apprentice fires him, right? Because that's Trump's thing. Right. And everybody on Twitter says, okay, I don't— think I believe that. That's bizarre. That's like P-tape levels of bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the uh, accusation that he hired these hookers to, sorry, sex workers to do a golden shower on the bed that Obama's, the, the Obama's slept in right. at, at this hotel, right? That's insane. Like, why would they ever do, right? So then Cohen drops a photograph the, out with his release mm-hmm. of this, you know, of this hint uh, and it's Trump across from the impersonator in Trump's office with the mic boom above his head. They're clearly filming the video and everybody's like, is this even is this real? Like, maybe they're taking this out of context. Maybe there's some just some wow. random guy that looks kind of like Obama in the, the office. Right. Then the tape leaks and it's everything Cohen said it was. And it's awful. Then. There's a journalist on Twitter who delivers, as you, as I said, the punchline. His right. name is Alex Perrine. He's a salon author uh, of, of, of articles. And he posts a, a great tweet that's just four photos of text, snippets of tweets and text. Uh, it's from 2012, before the RNC, Donald Trump tweeting, 
I'm working on my big surprise, everybody. Everyone's going to love it for the uh, at the Republican National Convention. It's going to be great. Then Alex posts a snippet of his own article in which he says, come on, people. Trump's big surprise is just going to be him in some dumb video right. firing an Obama <laughs> impersonator. Mm-hmm. The next picture is a tweet by Trump the next day calling out Alex Perrine specifically, insulting him, calling him a loser and saying, that's why he writes for Salon, because he's a loser. And people think he's a a political lightweight. And Alex, of course, back in 2012, was like, wait, why am I being targeted by this billionaire who I don't even, he doesn't know me. He just all of a sudden read my Salon article and hates me for this. I don't get it. And then the final tweet is, uh, the final picture is uh, Trump's RNC surprise uh, canceled due to scheduling shift. Did Trump get so hurt that someone guessed his big, stupid surprise mm-hmm. Obama video that he just canceled it? They just took his ball and went home. He's like, well, you guys aren't going to appreciate it. You guys said it was idiotic before you even saw it. You know, this is a, <laughs> this is a fun story. And I think it ties in with the, the origin story of Donald Trump and the presidency. Yeah, because you're right. people are, you know, as you were suggesting, you know, this is 2012. Well, what's Trump getting involved with the, the right. RNC? Yeah. Here's the interesting thing about him. So we all know about his famous ego. Uh, it, I believe it was as early as the 80s, 1988, when you know Reagan was going out and, and Bush was against Dukakis. I think even then Trump was thinking about running for president. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, the art of the sure. deal. He's a world-famous guy, you know, billionaire, super ambitious ego and so on. And then subsequently, I think it, he never lost the bug. You know, it has to be just the right moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the stars lined up for him. He, you know, in in 2016. But for for several uh, election cycles, he would pay people a little bit, as little as possible. He would get sort right. of involved. He, at one point, he was thinking about a, a third party run, like yeah. Ross Perot. I, I think in the same year. So then, I, I really am an adherent of the theory, Connor that the uh, horrific embarrassment of the Donald, because you know he doesn't have the world's best sense of humor, right. at that uh, correspondence dinner when Obama was mm-hmm. president, and Obama got off of all those great one-liners written for him by professional comedy writers. Yeah, exactly. I somehow don't think he sat there in the Lincoln bedroom. Definitely not. Scrawling out those jokes. Right, right. Very smart guy, but not But in, no, not, not a comedy way, writer, yeah. So he just ripped into Donald. Yep. And anybody else would just laugh and love the attention. Okay, yeah. he's getting some good zingers about me and my Under- Understand that this is the process. But, you know, I'm I'm the center of attention. He clearly he was absolutely steamed. There wasn't a hint of a smile on his face. And a lot of people think that really was the start of the the serious, dedicated devotion to be, becoming president. So Obama gets the blame, Connor. For those of you who who consider this to be the apocalypse, I think you have to to blame Mr. Obama for. Well, this. you know what. If uh, if somebody taunts uh, a rabid dog and the rabid dog bites America, yeah, you probably shouldn't have taunted the rabid dog. But I'm going to blame the dog. So let's go to Moron of the Week. Um, the our Moron is the launcher of, of whatever was up there above LAX. Uh, about a week or so ago, an American Airlines pilot tells the LAX control tower, oh, we got a man flying with a jet pack. He's about uh, 300 yards from us with 3,000 feet on the air. Can you what? do something about this Get idiot? the bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> so I, our moron of the week candidate is whoever sent the jetpack up. Now, here's the question. It may well have been a mannequin strapped to a drone. Right. It could have been a guy yeah. on a jetpack and so on. At this point, 
point, we don't really know. Uh, Jetpacks, we are told, can go up to 18,000 feet high. Uh, The FAA is looking into it. The FBI is looking into it. I saw the classic 2000 whatever, I don't know, 12. 2001 A Space Odyssey? Uh, Not that one, but close. Uh, I think 2012 classic Iron Man. Uh, Ooh, in yeah. which Robert a, a uh, very, very rich uh, capitalist industrialist uh, decides to build himself he a made the most of his fortune. That flies, right? And he kicks a butt in it. I think we're living in the origin story of that. I don't know whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. It's obviously one of the two. This is the most unbelievable thing about the Batman origin story, by the way. People would narrow that down <laughs> instantly. They'd be like, it's Bruce Wayne or it's Elon Musk. It doesn't matter which one it is. Just lock them both up. Clearly, one of them is Batman. And in this situation... It's Bezos or Musk. One of them is Jetpack Man. And we need <laughs> to put them both behind bars just in case and take all their money and use it to house homeless people. Well, I, you know, it's it's not that far-fetched. Uh, uh, I was reading about the background here, and back in the 50s, they actually were having uh, people flying with jetpacks. You know, you see some of the old, old-timey old video. Yeah, but in the 50s, they powered them with pure uranium, and the guys were dead after 11 minutes of yeah, exposure. And, to them. and I think it lasted a lot less than 11 minutes. But the yeah. fun analogous situation... Uh, to the to the jetpack guy was a story in 1982 that was mentioned in one of the, the stories about this. In 1982, a North Hollywood, California truck driver by the name of Larry Walters got 42 weather balloons and filled them with helium. Now, that must have cost sure. him a pretty picture, yeah. right, a pretty penny right there. Um, he then got a lawn chair that I'm sure didn't cost too much. <laughs> he straps the 42 helium balloons to the lawn chair. Dear God. And uh, several minutes later, he is 16,000 feet up. I hope he brought a seatbelt or something on that lawn chair. I'm sure that Velcro hadn't been invented, but duct tape had been. So I hope he, it was a lawn you chair imagine with a Flying free. It's like greatest American hero, yeah. you know? So uh, he gets up there. He surprised two jet pilots, sure. just like the poor American Airlines guy. Sure. He uh, winds up getting fined $1,500. You want to guess how he was able to return to Earth? Uh, prayer. Plus a pellet gun. Ah. He just started popping the bullet. He thought, you know, the air's getting a little thin. Right, right. And I can see the moon there's the very of the clearly moon. right yeah. now. That's right. There's the man in the moon. Um, so the pellet gun, one by one, you have to do Good thing he's a good shot. Yeah. yeah. So it brings him down. And here we're still talking about Larry Walters. I bet he doesn't even have to drive a truck any longer. Yeah, immortality. That's right. Holy cow. <laughs> well, Connor, uh, I think that we have solved several serious problems here, and I am willing now for you to remind me if I happen to be wrong about Joe Biden, but I'm on record. Joe is never, not even a single debate. We're not going to see it. I just I don't can't think believe. I can't believe it, but I, I, I will be uh, very impressed if you're right. I don't think he's going to uh, spend his time doing that. I think he... Uh, he's got not, important stuff to do. Not, not going to take the gamble. All right, this has been Too Many Lawyers. You have a great week. Hopefully the heat will break, and we'll see you next week. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.